Hey, welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Future Brew, Michigan football and basketball recruiting here on maizeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, John Simmons. John, happy June. It is uh, a month that is normally d- devoted to official visits and things like that, but that's not going to happen this year. So, John, welcome to the month of June, my friend. Thank you. I'm excited to, to get into the summertime here. Yeah, the weather's finally starting to break here. Got some nice, consistent sun. No more rain, no more uh, cold. You know, we're, it, it's a good time to uh, get out and uh, enjoy the sunshine and try to make the best out of the situation, that's for sure. But but uh, we're going to talk some Michigan football recruiting today. Um, it has been uh, quite a busy week here on the recruiting front and let's just start right off with Michigan's latest commit. He is four-star defensive end Kashawn Bennett. He is six foot four, two twenty from Suffield, Connecticut, right in the heart of uh, Don Brown territory, as I like to call it. He is the number 329 overall player on the composite rankings, number one in the state of Connecticut and the number 21 strong side defensive and he released a top six list uh like a week ago and uh he just decided to go right with where he was feeling and uh, his top six list consisted of u of m notre dame miami florida syracuse california and ole miss so kind of all over the board there uh as far as geographical uh and and conference wise uh, he he had offers from pretty much uh, every big conference that you could think of. So uh, a good get for Michigan. I, I had saw a report from uh, one of 24 sevens uh, uh, East coast recruiting guys. I, I think it was Brian Doan who had said that uh, Kashawn Bennett is being recruited to play Viper, but I just don't see that happening whatsoever it, out of a typical Viper in Don Brown's defense. You think of guys in that five eleven to six foot, six foot one, maybe, and Bennett just does not fit that description whatsoever. He fits more of a, uh, a pass rushing defensive end, perhaps even uh, the role that Josh Uche played where you're kind of doing a little bit of everything and kind of that Viper role, but more so rushing the passer uh, more than being out in coverage. So, uh, John, you wrote a, a recruiting a profile on him, as you always do when Michigan gets a commitment what do you think of Bennett? What does he bring to the table? And how soon do you think he gets uh, defensive playing time on the field? Yeah, I think he's definitely more of the defensive end, outside linebacker, hybrid type of guy, like an edge prospect, if as you know, NFL draft guys call it. Um, that's his pass rushing ability is really uh, the best part of his game. Um, he's really raw, so I think it'll be a while before he sees uh, time on the field. Uh, he's got a, a high ceiling, low floor type player. Um, lots of athleticism and things you can't teach, but he's going to need a few years to get coached up, I'd say. Yeah, I, I just, I, I agree. I don't think he's going to see the field right away either. I think it's going to be a lot, a little while. There are a few guys ahead of him. Um, I, I, I don't have any intel on this whatsoever, but I think a guy like Luigi Villain, if he's not uh, seeing snaps at defensive end, maybe he could be that linebacker Uche kind of role. I think he kind of fits that mold of what you look for in a, in a body type 
And obviously, I don't know how he does covering wise, but he probably wouldn't be asked to do a whole lot of that. Uche didn't do a ton of coverage, but I could see maybe Valane being a kind of guy that could swap over there kind of easily. I mean, they look for versatility in all their defensive pieces regardless, but I, I think then it is more of a a raw a coach them up for a year or two and then see kind of how it plays out. Uh, they recruited a, a kid in the 2020 class, Jalen Harrell, and I think he's a little more ahead of the curve as far as development goes uh, than Bennett was this time in, in this recruiting class. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could certainly see Bennett getting snaps on defense during a, a redshirt freshman season. I, I don't see him being a guy that gets much, if any, playing time his true freshman year just because of the depth there. They've, they've done a pretty good job of getting depth at that specific position. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think I think he's got pretty good potential. I think he could grow into an Uche type where you give him a few years to develop the body and add on the muscle and and develop some some more skills. I, I, I think he's ahead of the curve as far as rushing the passer goes. But when it comes to defending the run and doing other things, I, I think he's going to need some work there uh, before he sees the field on defense. Yeah, I think he definitely has to round out his game, uh, get some of the more technical stuff. He's got great get-off, you know, all the traits that make a good pass rusher. But, yeah, defending the run is kind of absent. Even on his film, there's not a lot of clips of him doing that. It's mostly him rushing the passer. Yeah, uh, defending and coverage, I don't think there's anything really on there because he plays as a true down lineman for his team. Uh, So if he wants to be in that Uche linebacker role, then he'll have to definitely develop that. Um, yeah, I think he's he's got great long arms that are going to help him rush the passer. He's just got to know how to use them, uh, things like that. That could also help him stack and shed linemen in the, in the run game. But, yeah, those are some more advanced things that he has to learn um, that I think a redshirt year definitely would help, also help him put on some pounds. He's only 220 pounds right now. Uh, he'll probably need to add. 30 or 40 uh, if he's going to get up to defensive end uh, level, especially as like a, a weak side guy in Don Brown's defense is looking more like the anchor. They're, they're kind of being able to flip and play either side. So if you want to do that, you'll have to add some more weight for sure. Yeah, this this recruitment was kind of interesting because it, it seemed like for a while that Michigan was recruiting him pretty hard. And then there wasn't a whole lot said about him for probably a month or so. And then he drops his top list, which included Michigan. And then a crystal ball came in and then he committed at like 11 o'clock at night on like a Wednesday or something like that. And I was asleep because I get up decently early for work the next day. And I, I had opened up Slack, our amazing brew Slack channel and saw that he had committed and, uh, yeah, I mean, th- these things don't really happen very often, uh, with uh, especially with kids uh, on the East Coast. I feel like they're not as flashy as a guy like what Josh Christopher did with his recruitment, waiting until uh, the crack of dawn, what it seemed like to uh, finally commit and release his his video commitment. But Kashawn Bennett, he mu- I don't know, man. I mean, he must have just been laying in bed one night that Wednesday night and just said, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to uh, pull the trigger and just release my, 
my commitment and then hit the hay. I think he, he hit send on Twitter and then shut his phone off for the night and went to bed. I, I honestly think that's a very possible thing of what happened because I, I did not see the commitment coming whatsoever. This, this was uh, um, definitely not as surprising as a guy like Jaden McBurrows. That one really came out of left field, but Bennett's commitment, especially with him dropping his top six list like the week before, was uh, a somewhat of a surprise for me, at least. Yeah, it was definitely weird. I think he had actually like gave his commitment to the staff before he released the top list, but it was just a weird one overall, given the timing and yeah, releasing of the top list. Uh, yeah, I probably just didn't want to deal with all the people talking back to him or anything, responding to his commitment on social media and stuff like that. So it's just easier to do it at night when no one's up. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's kind of like when Gabe Newberg uh, committed right before the uh, it was some it was a basketball game I think it was probably the Final Four game that Michigan was in in uh, was it 2018 he like committed right before the tip off I think that's another kind of similar one where you just kind of yeah commit when the attention's not on you so maybe that's what he was going for uh, but I, I can't blame him yeah right um, but yeah this one's kind of interesting he just uh, I don't think anyone is surprised that he picked Michigan. He's a guy from the Northeast. Uh, I don't even think he was a... It's not like Boston College fans are going after him or anything. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't think it's surprising in the end. Maybe the timing, like, that it happened so soon uh, is a bit surprising, but I think that he was always pretty likely to end up in the class. Yeah, we've got a lot of kids committing early on in this cycle. And, I mean, we're about halfway through the cycle anyways. I mean, we're, we're closing in on six months before the early signing period, and Michigan already has 16 commitments in their class, and they're probably going to get another, you know, eight to ten by the time it's all said and done. So the class is filling up quick. Lots of classes around the country are filling up quick. So I think that also might be a reason as to why Kashawn Bennett ended up committing when he did just because he wants to – save his space uh, or at least fill in the space in the class. Michigan at the time only had one defensive line recruit commitment. That was TJ guy. So now he's the second. So you would imagine that Michigan probably wants a couple more guys on the defensive line. So I think it was smart of Bennett to commit when he did just to save his spot, just to get on the recruitment uh, or uh, on the commitment train Uh, as a lot of these other kids did. You saw Michigan do it, uh, or or Michigan get commitments from these linebackers over the last couple of weeks, Junior Colson, Jaden Hood, and they've got four linebackers now in the class. So you would imagine that maybe defensive line is the next uh, position up with uh, some some commitments lining up. We'll talk about uh, a few other guys in our next segment here, so I don't want to – you know, go too far into it. But I, I think a lot of kids are, are looking to end their recruitment sooner rather than later, just because the dead period was extended until at least August 1st now. So there's not going to be any visits throughout the month of June, no visits throughout the month of July. So it's really getting to the point where uh, these kids either don't see the campus at all, or they got to drive to these campuses themselves and kind of just walk around campus and see what it would be like. I know that uh, there have been several guys uh, in this recruiting class who have done that. Um, uh, Tristan Bounds being the one kid who for sure came to U of M's campus 
Um, so I, I could definitely see more kids starting to do that, especially with the nice weather breaking out. And I, I think that there are going to just be a lot more commitments than there have been uh, in previous classes when it comes to the timing of everything. And uh, I could see Michigan's class being pretty much done by the time September rolls around, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and I think it was a good timing on Michigan's end, too, because Notre Dame was kind of pushing on Bennett. Uh, they were going they're losing a defensive end player in their class who's going to flip to Oklahoma. I'm not sure if he did yet or not, but it seems all but likely. So I think they're kind of expanding their board and going after Bennett. So I think it's good for Michigan to, to get on get him on board before that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, with the players committing early, it's never right now. It's not really it's less of a given that a player sticks in the class than usual. And if, when things open up, if players start taking visits again, then uh, it could get a little hairy. But I think Bennett is one is a guy that will stick with the class. Um, you know, he's from a not heavily recruited area, so I don't think he'll have a bunch of coaches that keep knocking down his, his mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the ones that do, if it's like Syracuse or whoever, it's not going to be that big of a threat. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just I, – I don't know if there are going to be any visits taken this year at all with, with the talk of there being no fans in the stands whatsoever. That would obviously mean that recruits wouldn't be able to go visit these schools. I'm sure that the NCAA would have a very strict crackdown on visits just in general if – you know, the big house, for example, can only hold, you know, 10% capacity or 20% or whatever the case may be. I just have a hard time believing that the NCAA would let uh, high school seniors, high school juniors uh, go to these places and risk getting the coronavirus. I just, I don't really, I, I mean, the NCAA has done a, a, a good job, I think, of limiting things as of now. And I think that they would just continue to do things. So, yeah, I mean, definitely good to get Bennett on board now. Uh, Michigan's got the number five overall recruiting class with him on board. Like I said earlier, 16 commitments, probably looking at another eight to 10 when it's all said and done and uh, two defensive line recruits, but uh, now on board for the 2021 class. And we're going to talk more about uh, some of these uh, recruits, Uh, in our next segment. So we will uh, uh, come back after our break and we will talk about a, uh, an article that our own Johnny boy Simmons released on maize and brew uh, not long ago. So stick around. We'll break down his recruiting predictions coming up next. And we are going to wrap up our podcast today, talking about John's predictions for the rest of the 2021 class getting about halfway through this cycle. Now, John Simmons put out this article on maizeandbrew.com on the 1st of June, and he decided to uh, go through and make some predictions for the rest of this 2021 class position-wise. So starting with quarterback, obviously, John, J.J. McCarthy, he's been committed for over a year now. There are no signs of him decommitting whatsoever. He has been a go blue kid all the way recruiting kids for this uh, 2021 class. Rocco Spindler being one of the bigger fish that he's still going after. So instead of quarterbacks in 2021, let's just take a quick peek into the 2022 class. Michigan doesn't have a quarterback committed in 2022 yet. 
Uh, but they've sent out several offers to a very high ranked kids. I, I think the one that uh, has been talked about more often than not, as far as 2022 is Nico Marchiol. He is a 6'2", 216 from Chandler, Arizona. I know uh, our own Trevor Woods has talked to him several times in the past. So he's definitely a guy to keep your eye on. Ty Simpson is another one. Uh, he's uh, more of a dual threat type of quarterback. He's 6'2", 185. He's from Martin, Tennessee. And then one of the more recent offers that I found intriguing uh, was Jackson Daly, who is from Des Moines, Iowa. He right now, as far as uh, there's no composite ranking for him yet, but 24-7 has him as a three-star and 85 overall. So he's only got offers right now reported, at least, from Michigan and Iowa State with interest from Iowa and Wisconsin. So those are the three guys that I'm looking at right now, John, as far as quarterbacks for the 2022 class. And there are a few other uh, highly ranked kids that I think Michigan could be in it for. MJ Morris is probably like one of the best quarterbacks in this class. And he has an offer for Michigan, but I just don't see him leaving the South whatsoever. And then Steven Angeli being a kid from a Bergen Catholic, New Jersey, Michigan had obviously recruited New Jersey. Well, until their two main recruiters from New Jersey left the program. So I think he would be another guy uh, that Michigan would be on the outside looking in for. So I, I think Markiel Simpson and Daly are probably the three guys right now that they're probably looking at more than any of the other quarterbacks. I think, uh, yeah, the early, you know, quarterback recruiting starts earlier than most other position positions. Um, and Marshall was visiting campus has already visited campus like four times and he's not even yeah. here yet. Um, but then I think it's kind of cooled off. He transferred from Colorado to Arizona and then, apparently the staff's kind of cooling off on him and maybe the other way around too. Like you got a bunch of crystal balls and now it's, uh, it's, I don't think it's quite a lock as it seemed like it was. He also dropped in the rankings. So I don't know if his like sophomore tape wasn't as good as it was. Uh, so I think that he was originally going to be the top target guy who seemed like Michigan was going to land, but uh, now it, they're, both sides are kind of backing off there. I think if Harbaugh had to pick one guy he wanted, it would be Ty Simpson, the kid from Tennessee. Uh, they offered him as like an eighth grader. Um, so, yeah, he was their first off offer. Uh, he's a top 100 guy. Um, I do think he's going to be a real tough pull to get from SEC territory. Um, he's got offers from basically every SEC school, you know, mm-hmm. Alabama, Tennessee, uh, whatever it is. Uh, so I think Michigan really wants him. I'm not sure how high – Simpson's uh, interest is in them. Um, yeah, MJ Morris, I think, is a guy that's rising up Michigan's board. Um, he's all he's from Georgia. He's also going to be a tough pull from SEC territory. Um, he's also got all the offers that you want. He's a top 50 kid. I think he's also a really good baseball player, so that might be a, a pitch that Michigan uses like they do uh, seemingly with one or two kids every cycle if they could offer him the chance to play baseball. Yeah. At Michigan, um, that would be a good strategy to use. Um, yeah, uh, Angeli, I think, is a pretty likely target guy from, from New Jersey. He's only he's like a high three-star right now. Uh, he's got some pretty good national offers, you know, LSU, Ohio State, Penn State. So I think he's 
uh, his talent's probably higher than what he's ranked right now. Um, but I think given his proximity and uh, the Bergen Catholic thing, Michigan will have a good shot there. Uh, so out of those guys, I think MJ Morris is going to be the top of the target, top of the board guy. But it'll, I don't think it's very likely uh, to happen. Uh, someone like Angeli or Jackson Daly from Iowa would, would be a good bet right now. Daly's also teammates with Xavier Nawan Kapa. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a tough last name with lots of consonants, but uh, another top 24-7 defensive back there in Iowa. So uh, I think those guys are probably at the top of Michigan. More than likely. So let, let, let's move on to, to the rest of 2021 now. Didn't want to spend too much time on the uh, 2022 quarterback since there's so much time between now and then. But uh, in your article, your predictions, uh, you predict Donovan Edwards, the uh, four-star from West Bloomfield, to eventually commit to Michigan and uh, be the only running back to commit in Michigan's 2021 class. And for the most part, I would probably agree with that. I think at the end of the day, Edwards will stay home. I don't think he'll go to Georgia or Oklahoma or any of these other schools rising up in his uh, recruitment. I think the most consistent force at the end of the day has been Michigan. And it it sounds like they've really stayed on him. Harbaugh has been a a very strong voice in this recruitment. Uh, Jim and Jay both of them, but Josh Gaddis has uh, really taken control of more so the X's and O's factor. It sounds like he, it sounds like he's really talked to him about how he would be utilized in Michigan's offense. And it, it really sounds like Edwards wants to be a versatile running back that can do everything, run between the tackles, run on the outside, catch the ball. And uh, his tape, he has definitely flashed that type of ability. So yeah, I mean, I, I think this prediction is a pretty good one. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do take two running backs, though. They've, they've still got a few guys left out there um, that are on the board. Um, guys like Prophet Brown, I think he would be a really good addition to the class. He is a four-star from California. Another guy uh, kind of rising in the recruiting rankings and on their board, I believe, is Tavier Dunlap. He's from Texas, uh, but for the most part, and they've cooled on Kamar Wheaton, the five-star. He's probably going to stay in state at Texas. LJ Johnson was a guy that they were on at one point, but uh, it, it sounds like he might stay in Texas as well. So the running back recruits, they're kind of dwindling at this point. So I certainly would not be surprised if they take just Donovan Edwards, but I think a guy like uh, Prophet Brown or Dunlap are uh, probably the two other guys that they would look to take if uh, if they so choose to join Michigan's uh, 2021 class. Yeah, I think uh, as much as Donovan Edwards says that he doesn't mind uh, having another back in the class as long as he knows about it, I think he would like to be the sole guy. And I think Michigan will definitely give him that opportunity. One, because landing Edwards should be the top priority no matter what. And two, 20, the 2022 class at running back is really uh, loaded. And I think Michigan thinks they can land a couple guys uh, quality people, quality backs uh, in that class. So 2021 isn't that big of a deal, only getting one guy if it's Edwards. Um, if they, and you know, a lot of their second tier guys are trending elsewhere. Uh, yeah, AJ Green to Arkansas, Prophet Brown got a couple crystal balls to, to Oklahoma. Uh, Corey Connor's already at LSU. So uh, Dunlap mm-hmm. would probably be the best shot of a second guy. He's high three star. 
I think Michigan likes him better than that, but he would also, I don't think he would scare away Edwards. And he's pretty wide open because, you know, like you said, the, the Texas schools uh, are going to get some higher quality players, so he's more likely to lead the state. So if they're going to add a guy, it would be Dunlap, but I think it'll end up just being Edwards. Yeah, certainly. I could, I could definitely see that. So moving on to receiver, um, Michigan's already got Marcus Allen committed. He's a three-star from Ohio. You are predicting quite the haul here, John, and I would be ecstatic about this. You've got Michigan reeling in Christian Dixon, Jaden Thomas, and Xavier Worthy, three four-star wide receivers. Um, at this moment in time, Worthy is the, the lowest ranked of the three, but I think he has the most upside of the three. Jaden Thomas is being recruited to play both football and baseball, like you had alluded to earlier. And then Christian Dixon, he had a few crystal balls come in for Michigan. It sounds like Josh Gaddis is knocking it out of the park with him. And uh, Gaddis is trying to get Michigan to the top for both Jaden Thomas and Xavier Worthy. So this would be a really, really good haul at wide receiver and one that I certainly did not expect uh, early on in the recruiting cycle. I thought maybe they'd take uh, two guys, but getting four really good prospects at wide receiver, it's something that you need in an offense like Gaddis's. You see Alabama taking uh, elite wide receiver prospects in every class, and that's something that you need in the modern style of football. You need guys to be able to come in and you need to reload at these positions, these skill positions, because at the end of the day, that is what is winning football games in today's college football. And these four guys, if they were to commit to Michigan, these would be four guys that would be able to do so and uh, in a big way. Yeah, this is probably my most optimistic uh, position that I predicted. Um, Christian Dixon, I think, is basically already in the bag. A bunch of uh, crystal balls came in for him lately. Um, he'll be one to keep an eye on if he takes visits elsewhere since he's never visiting from California. But I think he'll he'll end up being in the class. Um, Thomas has been picking up steam lately. I think um, his top list isn't that doesn't have a bunch of schools that I'm really afraid of uh, uh, compared to Michigan. I think Notre Dame may be the biggest threat there. He's a high yeah. academic kid. Um, and Notre Dame already has a few commits at wide receiver too. So uh, I think Michigan is, is in a good spot. And then Worthy is just going to be a – can they, they hold on as his recruitment continues to blow up? He's got LSU, Georgia, Alabama offers all now after uh, Michigan – was one of the first to kind of discover him and uh, put in a lot of work to build that relationship. I think Oregon is the biggest threat right now. Um, that'll be a tough one given the West Coast factor, but I think um, mm-hmm. he's done a really good job there. I, Giles Jackson is recruiting him too, and I think he's been a legitimate help for them. He's always a great peer recruiter. So uh, I think in the end, he's just the perfect type of slot that Josh Gaddis is going to use to great effect. Um so it'll it'll be one to watch for sure. Uh, I think Michigan will be it, in it till the very end, but uh, I think they yeah. get him on campus for sure if they want to have a, a real shot. Yeah, like you said, I was you stole my thunder there for Giles Jackson because I was going to talk about him. He has been recruiting worthy. Uh, like you see it all the time on Twitter. He'll be tweeting at him whenever Xavier Worthy, like when he was getting all those big time offers, Giles Jackson would just reply like. 
no, you're not going there. Like, you know where you're coming. And uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's really built a bond with Worthy, which is really good. You definitely want a guy like Giles Jackson, a young electric player who is also from California, who got a boatload of playing time his true freshman season to recruit a guy like Worthy, who is also really, really fast and would probably get utilized a ton his true freshman season at U of M if he were to commit there. Uh, I think he's got potential to really move up in the rankings. He's only 209 right now and the number 40 wide receiver. I just find that incredibly hard to believe that he's behind uh, 39 other wide receivers. I think he's got a ton of potential. His upside is incredible. You just flip on the tape and he is just, he glides like a gazelle. He just, he goes past these defensive backs with ease and he's got several videos on his Twitter page of him outrunning people on track uh, with his uh, high school track team. So he's he, he's a guy that I really, really like, and he's a guy that Michigan could really use. And obviously they've already got a few really good speedsters in A.J. Henning and Roman Wilson coming in, but I think Xavier Worthy is a guy that could really take it over the top. And uh, with Giles Jackson – it, his recruitment at the end of the day was Michigan and Oregon as well. So I, I think that with Giles in his ear, I think that would go a really long way uh, in trying to get him to commit to Michigan. So uh, moving on here, tight end. They've already got Lewis Hansen, a four-star. He's been committed for a little while now. And uh, they're looking to take probably another one just because they haven't taken two tight ends since I want to say the 2018 class. So it's been a few years in your prediction. You don't think that they get any, why is that? Uh, I think that uh, for a while, it looked like Fedone was Thomas Fedone was a kind of leaning towards Michigan uh, away from Nebraska at least. Um, but then LSU has really picked up the steam lately. So they have uh, kind of, I think taken Fedone's attention away from Michigan. Um, and I think the not being able to visit for a long time is really hurting Michigan with Fedone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never been to campus. So uh, I think it's just going to be a tough one uh, at the end of the, the cycle to, to predict him to land in the class. I, I think, you know, I would take the field over Michigan. So I didn't put him in there. Um, I'm not sure he ends up in Nebraska, though. It could be somewhere like LSU. So that's, uh, that was. Michigan's you know, clear-cut number one guy. And after that, the board's just pretty thin. Uh, I know Aaron Outley, the three-star tight end, didn't or included Michigan in his top ten this week. So he's a guy that Michigan's going to keep recruiting, I think. Uh, Michael Trigg, the four-star from Florida. Uh, I think Sharon Moore really wants him, but I think that's going to be a tough one to get away from Florida State. So I just don't think there's that many legitimate – options right now after Hanson. So uh, I think they're just kind of, kind of be okay with Hanson in this class. And then like running back, try to take two, uh, two in the 2022 class. I know Moore has been putting in a lot of work with some top guys in that class already. Yeah, he really has. You're, you're right about that. Thomas Fedone. Yeah, definitely the top guy on their board. He's been the top guy on their board the whole time. Yeah. I found the LSU crystal balls really interesting just because I don't believe he's visited LSU 
And with him being from the state of, or well, he lives in the state of Iowa. I don't know if he's technically from the state of Iowa, but lives in Iowa, uh, is around a program like Iowa who develops NFL tight ends all the time. Grew up a fan of Nebraska. And, uh, I mean, obviously Nebraska recruiting isn't anything to write home about, but with Scott Frost still being kind of that shiny new head coach and still trying to get his team together, that may have appealed to him with him being a, a fan of the program for his entire life. But the LSU crystal balls really uh, were really interesting to me. I just didn't see that one coming, uh, especially given that LSU had a five-star tight end in their previous class. So Fedone probably wouldn't get a ton of playing time right off the bat. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think – if they swing and miss on Fedone, they would probably just wait until 2022 because uh, Sharon Moore has really been doing a good job uh, developing relationships with several top guys in that class. So I think that is probably the likely outcome, but I also wouldn't be shocked to see them take a lower ranked guy uh, much like they did uh, in the last cycle. So we'll see. I will certainly see what happens, but uh, it, at the very least they'll still have uh, one four-star Lewis Hansen. So uh, definitely a, a good, good haul at the end of the day. Uh, offensive line. This is another one where, where I think you were quite optimistic in your predictions. You have them uh, getting six guys at the end of the day. They've already got commits from Giovanni Elhadi, Raheem Anderson, and Greg Crippen. And you've got them getting Rocco Spindler, the big time in-state guard, Drew Kendall, another fringe top 100 player uh, who could line up at guard or center. He's from Don Brown territory. And Tristan Bounds, who's also from Don Brown territory. He is more of a true tackle prospect. You've got them reeling in all six of these guys, and it would be a very impressive haul. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just don't necessarily agree with all of this. John, I'm sorry, but I'm glad you think this because I think this is quite optimistic at the end of the day. Uh, for them to take four interior guys and just two guys on the outside. I, I would, I, me personally, if I were Michigan, I would like to get uh, another tackle or two, and then maybe one of the two of Spindler and Kendall. But at the end of the day, they're not going to say no to either of those two guys. If they both want in, they're going to take both just because they're both uh, pretty much top 100 guys and they're very, very talented. So I wouldn't knock it by any means, um, but – I would definitely want another tackle prospect in there somewhere. Maybe like a uh, – uh, who's the kid that they're recruiting out west? Uh, Thomas Cole? Thomas Cole, yeah. Yeah. I think he um, would be a pretty good addition. But, yeah, I mean, ha- the floor is yours, John. Explain all of this to me because I, I would be happy with it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I just don't see it happening as of now. Spindler is the one that I'm kind of worried about, if I'm being honest. I kind of feel the opposite. I think uh, I feel more worried about Kendall at this point if we're just talking about interior guys because he kind of seems like the classic Michigan jumped out to a big lead, got all the crystal balls, and then just nothing happens. Like, why hasn't he committed yeah. yet? Like, you think back to Caleb Tiernan earlier in this cycle, like the same thing happened. And I think uh, his family, Kendall's family, wants him to wait. Um, you know, he's got a bunch of Michigan commits from the Northeast all the coaches going after him. And if he still isn't ready to pull the trigger, I kind of think the longer it goes on, the the worse I like Michigan's chances. So he's the one I'm kind of worried about. And if I had to 
choose wouldn't be in the class. Um, Spindler, I think, just eventually ends up in Michigan, kind of like Edwards. Like he, his dad has always loved Michigan, um, wanted him to go there. His grandpa was a huge grandpa was a huge fan. Um, I know he flirts with Notre Dame a lot, especially on social media. But um, I, I don't know. I think just Michigan's development, uh, having Ed Warner there, the the staying close to home and his family ties eventually keeps Spindler at Michigan. Um, and then yeah, Bounds. He seems kind of wide open. I think Michigan really, really wants him, but they, I think Bounds is still taking his time. Notre Dame has jumped in for him too. Virginia, where Bounds is originally from, is also uh, a factor. Uh, you know, we, we talked about earlier him driving up to campus to uh, go see Ann Arbor, which I think says a lot about him. Uh, you know, when Notre Dame found out he was doing that, they convinced him to drive out to South Bend too. So I think... Michigan's at least yeah. in more in his mind than Notre Dame. Um, I do like Thomas Cole more as well. I wish Michigan would go after him uh, just as hard as they do Bounds, but I think he'll, he'll be tougher to get because he's on the West Coast. He's going to take his time. I think he's a, a pretty uh, uh, analytical kid who's going to take uh, take all of his visits and try to make the best decision for himself. Um, I think he would be a really good addition. He's kind of a Jeffrey Percy clone in that sense, in the uh, in both his his frame and his uh, athleticism and his uh, approach to the recruiting cycle. So uh, if they didn't have the restriction on visits right now, I think Cole would be a more likely option. But I think right now it's just going to be tough to get him away from. I think Cal and UCLA are two top ones. I think if Stanford offers to, yeah, because he's pretty academic minded as well. Yeah, Thomas Cole definitely seems like a long shot, too. I just like his upside more than a guy like Bounds. Just on on tape, it just looks like a more fluid left tackle prospect. But Bounds is definitely a guy that they've been high on for a really long time. Ed Warner really likes him. And, of course, Don Brown's been in the recruitment a little bit, too, just given he recruits the East Coast like no other. So would be a good haul for sure. Uh, moving on to defensive line here, uh, Commits, you you throw in Dominic Giadice in the defensive line uh, class here, which I can definitely see. I can definitely see him move into interior at some point. You've got Michigan reeling in Quentin Somerville, the high four-star over from uh, Arizona, and Sean Nua has been recruiting him for a really, really long time since his days at Arizona State. And you've also got Michigan taking in George Rooks, more of an interior defensive tackle. Uh, he is from New Jersey. So, uh, John, explain to me why you left off a guy like Rashawn Benny, who's an in-state kid. Michigan's been recruiting him to play defensive line. Uh, at this moment in time, I think, uh, well, other than Somerville with him committing uh, later this month in just a couple weeks, I think Benny is uh, looking pretty good for Michigan too. I think, yeah, he was like my first – if I had to add another player to this prediction, I would add Benny. He was like my, the, my last cut. Um, I think it was just, I don't know, I just feel uh, kind of nervous about his recruitment. Yeah, there's nothing really tangible to put it on. I just feel like he's going to eventually end up out of state somewhere. It could be at a place like Iowa or Ohio State or Kentucky. Um, I think if uh, Ohio State really wants him, I think he's kind of on his back, their back burner right now, but if they decide to push, I think he could go to the Buckeyes pretty easily. Um, I know his mom wants him to stay close to home, 
Um, he likes Michigan a lot, so that's going to be a really good help in his recruitment. Um, but I don't think OSU's far away enough for that to – or Kentucky, really, to be a big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely one of the top guys that Michigan needs to get just because of his talent and the position he plays. And he's pretty quiet, so that that's I think it's why it's kind of hard to get a grasp on his recruitment. But Michigan is definitely in there, and and if things go well, they could easily land him. But I just I don't feel super comfortable putting him in right now. Um, as for Rooks, the other defensive tackle guy, I do I feel a lot better. He's got a lot of Michigan crystal balls coming in. They they've liked him for a long time. He's visited campus before. Um, his sister played as a grad transfer. Um, on the women's basketball team a couple of years ago. So they definitely like, they've, he's familiar with the campus. Um, his sister went to Harvard too. So they're definitely a very smart family. Um, and I think he's an easy candidate to join the class. Somerville is committing on June 20th. Uh, after the recruit, the dead period got extended, he just decided to punt on making visits before he decided, decided and make his, uh, commitment before then and, and there's no reason it won't be Michigan I don't think at this point um, he's always really loved uh, Sean Nua who recruited him while he was still coaching at Arizona State uh, so yeah those those guys I think are pretty likely to join the class um, I think that the defensive line portion was also the one where I talked I left out the most most of the options just for the sake of length because it was a long article but guys like Jacob Schuster the Washington defensive tackle who just got rated as a four star by twenty four seven. Yeah. Option. He's gonna be a tough pull from the West Coast. I know he's getting Stanford crystal balls now, which I think is always a tough one to overcome. Um, Arden Walker, the defensive end uh, from Colorado, is a guy that they really like, and Derek Wilkins from California, another defensive end. Or other is another one. Um, I just don't I just think the Michigan will fill up before those guys decide to commit. And I think they have guys higher on the board like Somerville who they want for them so yeah yeah there's there's a ton of options on defensive line right now but i think somerville and george rooks are probably two safe bets uh right now for the predictions uh so definitely good spot there i think ray sean benny will eventually join the class too i'm a little more confident on him but uh would be a very good haul with him, Somerville, and Rooks joining the fold. So moving on, uh, linebackers, they're done at linebacker, I would imagine. They've already got commitments from four guys, Junior Colson, Jaden Hood being the four stars, and then Tyler McLaurin and Casey Finney being the three stars. So they picked up Hood and Colson last week. At this moment in time, I, I just don't see them taking uh, more than four linebackers, given that they've taken a ton of linebackers the last few cycles anyways. Um, if you disagree, feel free to say something now or forever hold your peace, John. But I, I think they're pretty much all done, and that's what you've got in your predictions as well. Yeah, not much else to say about linebacker. Yeah. So they, they moved on from Jamari Budden, the in-state kid. I would imagine he probably ends up at MSU or Penn State. Uh, so that's pretty much all there is to say. Cornerbacks, uh, uh, they've got one commitment in Jaden McBurrows, the three-star from Florida, you are predicting Kamonte Grimes, who I when I initially was, because I, of, of course, edited and posted this article, when I was reading through this, I was kind of surprised to see Kamonte Grimes' name pop up, but I'm actually kind of with you on this one. I think he's a guy that hasn't been talked about a ton, but I think it's a guy that Zordich and Don Brown are a, a little more high on than what has been said. 
uh, throughout this recruiting cycle. So he's 6'2", 185 from Naples, Florida. He's 505 right now on the composite. Yeah, I, I think he's certainly a guy that Don Brown and Mike Zordich are a little more high on than what uh, has been wrote about during this cycle. Yeah, he's probably the most surprising guy I put on the list. Um, he really hasn't been discussed much. He's uh, listed as an athlete, but I think he's got the perfect uh, defensive back size. He's 6'2", so he's pretty long, um, but still I think has the athleticism to cover um, and stick at cornerback. He was a four-star at one point. I think he, he dropped in the rankings recently. I don't know what the concerns are, um, but I know Florida has been – Florida and Ohio State were also interested at some point. Um, I'm not sure what their level of interest is now, but I think – uh, Michigan really likes him. I think he's been under the radar as a guy that they've been in contact with a lot. Um, so, yeah, I think if everything goes well, if they like him, if he can get up to campus, then I think Michigan can easily put him, uh, get him in the class. Yeah, I think another option here would be four-star Omarion Cooper, who released his top list uh, today, and he included Michigan in that top list. It, it's going to be a tough haul. I think Florida State is probably the favorite at this time, but and Michigan just getting on the top list, it was good to see just because not a lot has really been wrote about him and Michigan either recently. And I haven't heard anything about him and Michigan recently either, but just the fact that they're on the top six list, that's certainly good to hear, good to see. So they've got some options at cornerback. The board has been kind of fluctuating as this class has uh went on throughout the cycle. So it'll be an interesting finish to see how many guys and who exactly comes on board uh, with cornerback. So uh, rounding out the predictions here, John, safety. They've already got one commitment in Rod Moore, a three-star from Ohio, and you have them reeling in another three-star, Donovan McMillan, who is from Pennsylvania. Explain why you think Michigan will eventually land him. I, I think they will, too. I think their biggest competition is Penn State at this time. But uh, give your reasoning as to why you think that they're going to eventually get a commitment from him. Yeah, they've been after McMillan a long time before um, the recruiting services kind of caught up to, the, to them. Um, Bob Shoup, I think that that was really his first like big target once he got to Michigan. So he's been on, on him in a while for a while, and Mike Zordich, has also been going after him. Both of them, both Shoup and Zordich have big Pennsylvania ties, which I think is going to help out a lot. And uh, we'll know more about McMillan, I think, after he releases his top five schools, which is supposed mm-hmm. to come tonight. So uh, we'll, we'll see what his other contenders are, because I think I agree that Penn State is a big threat. And other than that, it's kind of hard to tell what are the other schools he's super interested in. I know like Notre Dame, Texas A&M, maybe some of the schools. Um, but when there's a guy like that where you can't really – think of the other schools that are really the big threats, then uh, it's pretty, it's a good sign in Michigan's case. Um, maybe we're biased because we follow Michigan recruiting a lot more, but I think that he's kind of favoring Michigan here. Um, he would be an excellent addition to the class. I think he's underrated and the composite right now, um, like kind of like Rod Moore right now, it would be two three-star guys that I think are both easily four stars. And uh, given how well they've recruited the last two cycles, once they get McMillan, I think they can be done for sure. 
Yeah, I'm kind of shocked that they would even take two safeties in this cycle, given the guys that they've gotten the last two classes. But at the end of the day, it would be a good addition. Nonetheless, they've been really high on him since he was like in the top 700. I think he was lower than 700 at one point. But now he's definitely ranked higher than that. 24-7 has him as 144, and the composite has him as 369. So he's really went up the rankings. I think he would be a solid addition. And uh, at the end of all of this, with your predictions, uh, you write that this would be 27 players in this class with a rating of 282.13 on the 24-7 sports class calculator. I would anticipate that being somewhere in the mid to lower top 10, maybe like 6, 7, or 8, somewhere in that range. I don't really see Michigan having a top 5 class at the end of the day just because there are so many five-star kids that have not committed yet. And you would imagine that some of these top-ranked programs like Alabama, Clemson, they'll probably get their fair share and probably move ahead of Michigan. But at the end of the day, this would be a pretty good class. And, I mean, given the haul that they would have at positions like wide receiver and offensive line and defensive line, I think they would be more than happy with, uh, with this result at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's going to be back half of the top 10, um, a little bit higher than last year's, probably around where 2019 finished, which is really good class. I mean, there's a lot to go, a lot of cycle left to go. Kids' uh, uh, ratings are going to get adjusted. People are going to yep. commit in, in scores, I'm sure. I don't know how much Michigan will be affected, but I think it's going to be one of the wilder endings to any cycle we've, we've ever seen. So there's a lot to go, but if, they stay on track with all these top guys. I think it'll be a really good class once again. I agree. I think it would be a good class too. And one that Jim Harbaugh would be very happy with. So uh, we'll certainly see if all your predictions stand true. Um, If they don't and you're wrong, then uh, you're fired, John. But at the end of the day, no, I'm just kidding. No, we, we wouldn't fire you. But that's what predictions are for, man. I mean, predictions, it's all about just having fun and trying to, uh, and get a glimpse at what could happen. And that's exactly what uh, what it is all about. So I am glad that you were able to do that. I'm glad we were able to talk about that today, John. So thank you for joining us and uh, listening to Future Brew here on MazeBrew.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. And John, where are you at, my friend? At Simmons underscore John. And follow Maze and Brew on Twitter at Maze and Brew. Give us a like on Facebook and Instagram as well, and be sure to rate and subscribe and uh, leave some nice comments for all of our podcasts here on Maze and Brew. We will be back next week. As always, stay safe. For John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. Talk to you next time. Go Blue.